Blog Talk Radio. for dummies we're jumping right into progress wrestling for those of you who didn't know hello Wembley chapter 76 of their great line of shows happened last Sunday the 30th checked it out this morning that's not the topic the topic at hand is for you guys it's pro wrestling for dummies we're going to fill you in there's only one man that came to mind from all of the great reading of the internet that I do on pro wrestling and that is Sue Williams how are we doing today sir Hello, how you doing, my man? I am, I am ecstatic. As we kind of talked in the little in the little pre-shop with the British chick yelling at us, it was it was kind of like a prelude to progress because we had some British lady yelling at us. But I, I checked out <laughs> Progress seventy six this morning. I uh, got up, watched it. I, I walked away from Walter and Tyler Bate with a tear in my eye, going, I haven't felt this way about a match since watching Okada Omega at the Dome, Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Uh, wow. I think it was Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom 11, excuse me. I think it was 11. Whatever, two yeah, years ago. <laughs> I, I haven't felt nice that though. way. Yes, yes, that's what it was. I should know this because we're going this January. Me and a couple of buddies are, are oh, going to cover it this sick. year. Yeah, we're, we're going to go. We're going to do like, I think, 10 days in Tokyo and try to just hit a DDT show, a Big Japan show, and all Japan. Like, try to hit everything, a stardom Try to just knock it all off. And we're like, hey, if we're going to go, let's do it. And obviously, we got to go to Akia Bar and get some video games. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, and compare that to me who couldn't get an hour and a half down to New Orleans to watch a Wildcat <laughs> sports show. <laughs> I obviously have some work to do. Oh, speaking of work to do, um, we all know Sportscast Radio usually is Sunday nights. I kicked it to the curb due to the fact of what I watched. Dodgers just put two runs on the board, 5-2 Dodgers. We got a we got a 55-inch in the studio. That was the worst thing that we ever put in here because now <laughs> all I do is watch this TV. Dodgers on the board, let's go. Lonely Minnesota fan cheering for the Dodgers, but it's okay. We're talking progress wrestling. And before we get into the whole meat and potatoes and kind of break it all down, I got to ask you the simple question, Suit. What got you in to our sport that we love so much, professional wrestling? Oh, the whole thing. I thought you were just going to say progress, but the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, I actually wrote about it on uh, voiceofwrestling.com. I did an article about it um, where basically the story is uh, I was uh, like, like 11 or 12, and mm-hmm. uh, I was staying up 
Like, I was, like, up an hour past my bedtime because I was trying to watch uh, Pros versus Joes on Spike TV. (laughs) Yes! In case you don't remember, it's a show where regular people play retired athletes in different sports and try to win money, I assume. Uh, But I was... I think it was like 9.50 when I turned it on Spike TV and I saw a tag team match. Uh, I've determined it to be, at through lengthy research, it was AJ Styles and Christian Cage versus Team 3D. Okay. And, yeah, I saw that. I saw AJ Styles do, like, this sick step-up dive over the top, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And then, um, like, and then last year I wrote about the first impact I watched all the way through, which was a mistake because that was an awful show. <laughs> and uh, like, seriously, Kurt Angle was on the screen. He had three different segments. They were all awful. <laughs> you can thank Vince Russo for that. Oh my God. It was bad. But uh, yeah, uh, 10 years later, here we are. So, so you got into wrestling uh, late 2000s then, uh, yes. like you said. That, okay. Yes, summer 08. I like yep. it. There's, if you really want to see some cringeworthy stuff, go check out it. I'm sure, you know, as much as we all complain about it, we all own the WWE Network. But there's some nitros in about the 2000s oh. where uh, Kimberly Page is hiding behind a wall from David Flair and he's like dragging a wrench on the floor and he's like, Kimberly. And then she like accidentally hits a printer and the printer prints something and she screams and runs away. And the scene, instead of him following her, the scene cuts to Rick Steiner yelling at Sid with like six security guards about if they're friends or not which then it cuts to the maestro playing a piano and somebody comes and like slams the piano on his hands. And then next thing you know, Shane Helms is in the ring and you're like, what in the hell just happened in the last 45 seconds on here? It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) I remember watching Halloween Havoc 2000. I I hit like a network randomizer and it came up with Halloween Havoc 2000. The first hour of that show gave me a headache. It was <laughs> breakneck speed. We had a three-team tag title match. We had a hardcore match that was awful. We had David Flair trying to get blood from Buff Bagwell. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> Just an absolute nightmare. There's there's some... Uh... There's there's some of these these WCW shows that are just so bad. Um, not not to get on a on a bad train, but people tend to like when we talk about horrible wrestling on this show. So whatever, um, and then we'll get into the meat. You know, like I said, the meat and potatoes of it all. But check out uh, if you already haven't sold out from 2000. It was their January pay per view. Oh, it, is that did, where it, Chris Benoit wins the title and then quits the day after? He um well he he had he had won it on Nitro he did he saw so Nitro he does a diving headbutt to Jeff Jarrett off of the cell or off oh. the cage and Jeff Jarrett gets a concussion from the headbutt to his shoulder oh and then boy. they can't work the show because of it so then suddenly 
um, Billy Kidman gets inserted in this three tier chain or three tier horror thing where he's got to wrestle three matches. And after he wins all three matches, nothing happens because he was a fill in. So the stip doesn't count for him. And the oh opening match, God. he wrestles Dean Malenko in what they call a catches catch Ken match, which the rules Shivani states are, if you go to the floor, you lose. So, it's like a, like a sumo fight almost. Yeah. Well, Kidman and Malenko do a nice little chain spot to start the match. And after like another, you know, a couple nice Japanese arm drags and a drop kick, Malenko powders. Kidman gets the crowd oh, going. And oh. Shivani's like, Charles Robinson, ring the bell. He just lost. He shouldn't have went oh. to the floor. Oh, they no. ring the bell in the middle of the match. And Billy <laughs> Kidman is more pissed off than Dean Malenko is. Oh. So they don't know what to do. So then they oh, cut to man. a three-way between Vampiro, David Flair, and Crowbar. Uh, yet Crowbar and David Flair are the tag champions. And instead of turning the tag title match into a handicap match because, like, Muda couldn't make the flight, they just decided to make it a three-way, and then Flair and Crowbar fought each other. <laughs> and that's the second match. I'll let the rest of it <laughs> I mean, it is it, it oh, is one of the and when they're doing like the run sheet. They don't even have proper graphics, and they don't even know what's going on. Shivani's like, "To hell with it! Let's go to the ring!" And it <laughs> like you hear about it, like you hear this, like how bad WCW was in two thousand. Like you hear like the world title change hands like twenty five times that year, but until you see it. It's, it's something else. It's it's the exact opposite of what we're going to get into, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want the joke, check out. Well, out. I mean, the Thunder Bastard Tag Series, it, it's close. I'll be honest. <laughs> now, that's one thing I can't wait to get into. So obviously, just like we did the la- in our last entry, we're going to talk the titles in the company. We're going to talk the tournaments that they run. You know, the, the big shows, the special type shows that they run. I want to get Suit's opinion on... On, obviously, we have our roster, and I want, to, I want to kind of break down some of the roster, but I'd like to know his thoughts of past guys who really went on to do something and guys that, that should have been in progress that maybe didn't or guys he'd like to see because, you know, he's seen, he's seen a lot more than I have, and I, I'm going to pick up on this because we decided last week, we're like, you know what, we're just done watching WWE. Last Wednesday, I don't know, we, ran, we did two WrestleCasts last week, and one of the live days, we were going to preview the Melbourne show, and by match two, we just said, this is stupid, and we just <laughs> break. We just we just stopped. We're like, we're, I'm not going to talk about it. We, we hit break. Tonight, guys, by the way, we're ad-free, no commercials. We're just, we're talking wrestling because I'm way too excited, so... Um, on it.com use promo codes uh strong style media draftkings.com use strong style media to get your entry reimbursed um what else do we got uh if you're if you take lift use strong style to get 10 bucks off your first lift and i i think that's all of our plugs because i really don't care this week we're not playing them i'm sorry guys but we're not i after what i saw this morning promos go aside bricks go aside we're talking wrestling and and we're, we're getting into it because this was some of the best stuff I've seen. And I know a lot of people will have said, you know, I know some of these guys from the WWE UK, but what I got to watch today was just 
just bar none incredible with, with, I mean, I didn't have anything lower than three and a quarter. And I know some people might go, well, that's not the highest. Well, yeah, but if you're being fair, that is above average. So yeah, like I through wanna, a whole show, like that's actually, nothing to complain about. I, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this. I had two, two matches at three and a quarter. I had three and a half. I had three and three quarters. I had a four, a four and a quarter, a four and a half. And I had arguably my match of the year. This show ruled. Hey, can't ask for more than that. And then that five, Tyler Bate versus Walter, the thing with that match is some people had to leave early because the show ran long and they had to catch the trains. That match is up for free on Progress On Demand. Oh, my. So that's why they have anybody can watch it. Yeah. My God. Cause so my co-host was at his shoot job. He does like like I discussed with suit, which screwed us from doing this Friday. Um, he does retail as well, and he he had nobody in the store. And I'm like, dude, it dropped today. And he's like, mm, they have this match separately. I'm gonna watch it first, and then I'll just rewatch the whole show. And I'm like, I wonder why they're giving that or just putting that separately. You answer yeah. the question. If you haven't seen yeah. it, Tyler Bate and Walter. I mean. Like I said, that might be. I, I don't. Aside from Okada Omega, I don't know if anything invoked me emotionally, other than Okada Tanahashi from Dantaku this year than this match. I mean, this was, this was just it was incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. And once again, like I said, soon I cannot wait to, to to get your thoughts when you see it and, and read about it and everything. You know, I'll, we're going to throw the links out when uh, Voices of Wrestling post them if you're doing the article for them or whoever you do them for because. You know, I've, I've been talking to people, and you know, we're excited to have you. And one of the main reasons I want to get it right into it is progress wrestling has been something that you've been covering for the longest time. What got you to decide to just go? You know what? I want to try this as an alternative, or was it recommended, or did, you know, what got you into the progress wrestling? Well, I mean, it was as simple as progress. Um, there was a video up of their entrances from their main event of Chapter 18. Yes, it was the main event of Chapter 18. It was a six-man match. Let me see if I can remember off the top of my head. It was Will Ospreay, Noam Dar, Dave Mastiff, Paul Robinson. Did I say him already? No. Paul Robinson, Jimmy Havoc. And a sixth person I can't remember, but I just saw this video of everybody coming out with like their licensed music, and like it just looked really cool. So I was like, okay, that's what first got my eye onto it. And then I saw a a preview video for Jimmy Havoc versus Will Ospreay at Chapter Twenty, and then I was like, okay, I'll try this out. And then I had a code for I think a free month or a really cheap month. And so I put it on, and I saw Chapter 20, and I was in. (laughs) And the thing about that is a lot of people will have the same version of the story, but they'll have it with a different video. Um, Progress put up one of their shows, Chapter 13, I think it was. There was a problem with the hard camera, and it, like, missed a couple seconds, so the video wasn't, like, up to quality. And so they just put it out for free on YouTube. And that show had, I think it was Finn Balor versus Zack Zaber Jr. 
<laughs> and and it had Jimmy Havoc versus Mark Andrews in a ladder match for the title. And that just got a bunch of people into it. It's it's so crazy that just giving that little bit of bait, just kinda kinda, you know, scenting the tip a little bit and getting people to bite and check it out does something like this. I mean it's you know, you jump in at you know, 20 ultimately could be the starting point. Um, real quick, just to kind of knock it out of the way, do you kind of have a fast summary, a quick couple minute summary of what 1 through 19 essentially could be considered and how the company started small venue to kind of where they where they were at at 20 when you jumped in? Do you oh, have yeah. you researched I... stuff about that? Yeah, definitely. Let, it, let everyone know about that. Yeah, well, basically, you could split it up into two parts. You could split it up to pre-Jimmy Havoc and post-Jimmy Havoc, during Jimmy Havoc, when he was champion. So, basically, the first period was their starting period. They got a lot of people uh, just around the British British scene. Uh, Their first champion was Nathan Cruz. Uh, After him was El Liguero, and then Rampage Brown was the camp after that. Kind of just stalwarts of the British indie scene. And then uh, the big faction at the time was Screw Indie Wrestling. It was Mark Haskins, <laughs> Rampage Brown, and Nathan Cruz. Their whole thing was, we're not indie wrestlers. We're pro wrestlers. That's so, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, some, it was some pretty good stuff. Uh, but the biggest storyline in like those first 10 chapters was, surprisingly enough, Jimmy Havoc. In these first chapters, like he was known as a deathmatch wrestler, but he was trying to be a straight up wrestler. Like he was trying to prove that he could do like regular wrestling. Uh, The joke was he kind of just ended up in death matches anyway. Like the first match he has, no, the second match he has, it's specifically said no blood, no hardcore. And he bleeds like two minutes in. (laughs) And, and then a big story point for there was chapter seven. He had a match with Zack Sabre Jr. And Nigel McGuinness was the surprise referee. And Jimmy lost that match. He lost all his matches. But after that match with uh, Sabre, Nigel grabbed the mic and said, you're really good at this. Like, you don't need to do death matches anymore. And then at Chapter 8, he got put into a hardcore match against one of the London Riots. And that led to Chapter 9, which was Jimmy Havoc turning heel. And it is a segment that if you haven't seen it, it's really well done. So basically what happens is Jim Smallman, the owner and like the hype man, the MC, uh, he's yelling at the London riots who are like beating people up and say like, yo, you guys shouldn't work here. This company should be about guys who care about guys who fight for this company, guys like Jimmy Havoc. And then Jimmy lays them out with a chair <laughs> and his reason for it was Nigel McGuinness said, I don't need to do death matches, but you keep doing it and you keep shortening my life. So, yeah, I'm going to make this company miserable. And then chapter 10, it's the big show. It's the finals of the first uh, Natural Progression Series tournament. They're big, like, young people tournament. And okay. Mark Andrews beat uh, Paul Robinson in the finals. Nice guy, Paul Robinson. Um, 
So what you win when you win the natural progression series is you win a trophy and you win a title shot. Uh, he decided he would use that title shot immediately. He uh, told Rampage Brown, the champ, to come out, and he cashed in, and he won. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's, then after that, cool they did that, too. Yeah, but not only that, after that, so we had the MPS final, which was the main event. You got the, tit- the surprise title match with Rampage Brown and Mark Andrews winning the title. Then Jimmy Havoc comes out with the London Riots. They beat up Mark, ha- Mark Andrews, excuse me, and they- he threatens to set him on fire. But the only reason he won't is if Jim gets him a title match right then and there. And he does, and Jimmy Havoc wins the title. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just chapter 10. Man. Yeah, and then Jimmy just held it. It was really the storyline that put progress on the map was Jimmy Havoc holding that title hostage. He was camped for 609 days. And he just held that title in the sleaziest ways possible. Like, there was a three-way match where he got put through a table, like, five minutes in. And then the other two guys fought. And then, I think it was Rampage Brown put the guy down with a pile driver. Then Jimmy Havoc hit him with a chair and pinned the guy who Rampage had put down to retain. And it was just stuff like that where he just survived. And it was... He just got crazier and crazier. And then uh, basically there was – this is where Will Ospreay comes out because he had been around. He was in the first Natural Progression Series tournament. He was in a squash match at Chapter 2 where him and this other dude fought the London Riots, and the Riots broke the other dude's leg. Jeez. Like, imagine if that was Osprey who broke his leg. Yeah. Good Lord. That changes everything. Yeah. That's, that's like, not to cut you off, that's, but that's like, I've always, I always said this to people, when, when people talk about, you know, how bummed they were, uh, new beginning two years ago, Shibata, Okada. Oh, yeah. What if he would have ended Okada's career and it wasn't Shibata that ended his career? Oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, like that's something that I don't think gets enough attention with how risky that headbutt was. What if it was Okada that never went on to to work again? Right. And that was like toward the start <laughs> of his title run, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because yeah, he, he lost held it forever. It. Yeah, he lost that it this was, year. That was, mm-hmm. that was like two years ago, wasn't it? Or no, it was I, last I year. I think it was like a year and a half. Yeah, because 2016 he lost it, I think at Duntaku to Naito, and then he beat it back, beat him back for it at Dominion, and then held it from Dominion 16 until Dominion 18. Yeah, and that new beginning that was, was at 17. No, that was that was Sakura Genesis. Uh, oh yes, yes, thank you, Sakura Genesis. Yeah, because yeah, he won the I forgot Shibata won the New Japan Cup. Yeah, the only reason I remember that is because uh, my friend Spencer. That was. I think that was his first New Japan show, and oh, uh, he wore he immediately bought a Secure Genesis 2017 T-shirt. Oh, that's awesome! Immediately, <laughs> that is awesome. You know, some people buy event T-shirts because they just you know, hey, I'm at the show and I mark out. Yeah, like that, it's or they buy it because it's like cheap on the website or something. 
Yeah, like if that's your first show and you witness that, like that's awesome. That yeah. you got, you know, that's really cool. But that's that's kind of like like I said, you know, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you said with the the well Osprey thing. It's like if he would have ended Okada's run and his career, I mean, I still can't even just think about where this company would be. You know, it would, would be they a tailspin. Be... He's their ace. Like, I mean, they have a bunch of people around them. Like, they just figured something out, but that is just something you, that is just something like, that's a Booker's worst nightmare. You know, and, and, and to be fair, not to, not to get too New Japan heavy, but nothing against Kenny's run. I'm glad he's got the title, but I tell you what, his run has not been anything to me close to what the Okada run has been. Right. And... That you kind of feel like that was inevitable for whoever got the title next, with either Naito or Omega or maybe Shibata if he didn't get hurt, because like his reign was so like legendary and it was just big match after big match after great match after great match. But yeah, like it's a shame that Omega's run like isn't off to the start that like anybody would want. And like, and I think whenever it ends, say that again. I think booking has a lot to play with it too. I mean, right, the yeah. fact that she's running in this three way because, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if the Golden Lovers did their Shawn Michaels Triple H. We're like, well, I don't know if we want to do this yet. You know, yeah. I mean, that's it, not, but it it's showing with this title run that. You know, this is the second time he's worked Cody now. I mean, the Ishii match, yeah. I don't think it was, a, it was the fun match, you know? He's working right. Dave Finney next month. Like, come on. I don't well, know. That, I just, that's just for the Lions, like, for the Lionsgate show. Like, they, he's just a guy he can beat. Like, I don't count that against him. But, I mean, right. I also think, yeah, I also think it's kind of weak because, like, there's no Intercontinental champ. There's no junior champ right now. Like, the tag titles are just the tag titles. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, going against Kenny, but he's not helping himself out, and the book is not really helping him out either. You know, and that, that's such a good way to put it because he doesn't have that secondary title support to sell tickets, but then he's not doing any kind of secondary support being a team player it seems like a, it's just a, it's a weird spot and and I was talking to a buddy of mine who he's not as big of an Okada fan as I am I I mean like I I, I was a, a diehard 90s New Japan guy Hase Hashimoto, Kensuke Sasaki Chono, Muda you know, Fujinami, Norton. I, I watched, I, I, I was born in 83. So my, my wrestling started about 87. I got in Japan about 91 when Liger showed up in WCW. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, Liger, Ultimo Dragon from the 92 Tokyo Dome, things like that. And this middle run with Bob Sapp and Fujita and, you know, Nothing against him because a lot of people are big fans of him, but uh, uh, Takayama, I just never got into him and his big blonde fro. Like, you know, I just I didn't didn't get into some of those guys. I thought the Lesnar stuff was bad out there. I didn't like Angle out there. Nakamura for a while before he got his gimmick wasn't that impressive to me. And 
you know, I left and went all Japan with Kojima and I went and watched a lot of Noah and things. And I finally got sucked back in around Wrestle Kingdom two or three with the, the Tanahashi Minoru Suzuki match, but then yeah. Wrestle Kingdom six, when, when Okada made his return and had this terrible match with Yoshihashi, I'm going, oh, yeah. that looks so bad in the ring that one that I guarantee you this is a work. Cause there's no way some guy you're bringing <laughs> back to but he sucks that bad. And then you, you go to new beginning the next month and he beats the game. And I went, yep, I knew it. And ever since Wrestle Kingdom 6, I finally went back into New Japan. So, obviously, that, you know, it strikes a huge chord to me. And I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to toot the same horn, but I'm like, man, the Okada run was just the deal. So, progress. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this thing just, it never, you talk wrestling, you end up in one play, and you're like, how the hell did I get there? <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we were Jimmy Havoc, Will Osprey. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, uh, the Lions broke broke the Jimmy or Will Osprey's partner's leg, and then that's what led us on our on our tangent. Yeah, so Osprey, he comes out as a big star, like after him and Paul Robinson break up, which is Chapter Twelve. Yeah, because that was the first ballroom show. And so he wins the first Thunder Bastard match, which gets him a title shot against Havoc. Uh, he loses because his finisher was a 630, and Jimmy Havoc took the top rope off. He just <laughs> unwrenched the top rope. Unreal. Then God, did, he, did he get another title? No, that was his first shot because there was the eight-man tag. After that, yeah. And then, so after that, everybody's, like, mad and confused because they thought Osprey was the guy to win the title. And then Super Strong Style 16, the big uh, tournament that they do every year, they had the first Super Strong Style 16 tournament, and Osprey goes through. Um, he beat Zack Sabre Jr. in the final. He beat Roderick Strong. He beat uh, El Aguero in the first round. I don't remember who he beat in the second round, but... He beats these, like, big names, and he wins the uh, tournament. And then Chapter 20, which was, I think it was on my birthday two years ago. No, not two years. Four years ago. Wow. They've done a lot of chapters recently. But it was on my birthday <laughs> four years ago, and he won the title. And it was just a big star-making moment. And, yeah, that's basically the first run of progress. So so that's kind of our first third of the company, which is you've already oh, got me excited well, to go back and watch some of this stuff. Well, hey, one more thing. Uh, chapter 21 is kind of like the end of Havoc uh, because he wants a rematch for the title, and he has to beat Paul Robinson to do it. Robinson was in a stable with him, regression, and uh, Robinson beat him in this insane death match, which you saw another one at the last show, yep. like a rematch of that. And then after the match of 21, Havoc's bloody, he's down, and he sees Jim Smallman in the ring, and he passes him a chair, and he's like, go ahead, hit me, get your payback. And instead, Jim Smallman 
sticks his hand out, helps Jimmy Havoc up, and leaves. He showed him a little bit of respect, and that's, that's all Jimmy Havoc really wanted. And then he got out of the ring and left, and we didn't see him again for another year. Now, was that at 20? I've seen this before, and I don't know when this obviously was, but at Chapter 20, was that the the Will Ospreay entrance where he's got, like, the blanks and he's shooting these people in the back of the head? No, that is what – that's the fourth or fifth anniversary show. Okay, so that's much yeah, later. Yeah, because that was the Loser Leaves Town match between him and Jimmy Havoc where uh, – he, where the loser came back in December, but okay. we won't talk about that. Because <laughs> I had seen that, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is pretty tight. But I could see a little people, I could see some people being a little uncomfortable with this. But I thought it yeah. was, you know, and I I had a buddy who was like, ah, you know, I'm a, I like Will Oster. That was a little much, and I'm like, I I get it, but it's pro wrestling. You got to suspend disbelief. You know, I'm trying to defend it, even though I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if right now that was the best thing to do. But, damn it, I thought it was cool. Um, Chapter 46, so we, that was. 46. Okay, so so a little bit in. So, obviously, like you mentioned, the you know, I saw the Paul, Paul Robinson, Jimmy Havoc thing. This was the match that was, was the culmination of this that I saw that in the pre-show um, – what do you call it? Hype video. Thank you. That, that's what I'm yeah. trying to think of. Okay. So now I understand where that comes into play. Going off of, of 20 here, kind of just moving, you know, into the next set of shows. What's kind of the big takeaway if you want to go from, say, let's just say as, as an easy next up point, 21 from, from the loser leave match you mentioned. Um, up until I think you said forty six when they had the, the the match with the the bow bow in the back of the heads and everything. Kind of how was yeah. the the next twenty five chapters laid out? Is this is this almost like the next series, or do they kind of just con, you know continue to run? Because if I I don't know if you watch much of Stardom, but like how yeah. Stardom kind of runs like they'll run like a year and a half, and then it'll just go to chapter two or episode two. Mm. And then they'll run the next branch. Like, how does this kind of branch off from where we just ended the the talk of the Havoc Osprey, where Osprey wins, to the, this said return match? Well, it's it's broken up into a different like period. Like the post Havoc run is twenty two to thirty six. Okay. So what? Yeah. So what happens in between that. here? Yeah, what let's happens in between here? Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Sorry, let, let's let's look at twenty-two to thirty-six. Then that's a good way to put it, since since you got a good good handle on it. Yeah. So um, Osprey's the champ. He has a good run. He has two really good matches with uh, Mark Haskins and Mark Andrews, and then chapter twenty-five, he has a match with Marty Skrull, the villain. No DQ. It is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's one of the best matches those two have had. Like, if you saw their match um, uh, Unleashed, which was last Saturday, like, and if you were impressed, watch their match from Chapter 25. 
fantastic. One of the best they've had. And Marty Skrull wins the title. Chapter 25, he wins it. Uh, his reign uh, from there went to, well, it really went to Chapter 36. He lost it for one show, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it felt, he lost it to Pastor William Ever, who was on the pre-show battle royal of Chapter uh, seven, 60, what was the show you just watched? The one from 76. 76. 76, yes. Pastor William Ever was in the pre-show battle royal for that one. So, yeah. By the way, he's he us show a battle royal either. Yeah. I think that match is on Facebook. I think they streamed it there. Uh, but, yeah, Marty Skrull, his reign, it felt like very Havoc light. It felt kind of like Omega's title run after Okada's. Like, you had this big history-making title run, and then you've got the next guy. I mean, the next guy was Osprey, but the guy after. And it, like, didn't really work with me. Like, he had one really good match against Chris Hero at Chapter 31. But then he had two matches with Tommy End, Aleister Black, that were just so overbooked. They were two of, I wouldn't call them the worst matches in progress history. Maybe just the most annoying matches in progress history because the booking got in the way. It was actually Chapter 32, their second match. I wrote about that show. I did like a... uh review of that show and send it in the PW Ponderings as my uh, writing sample to start writing for them. So there's a little thing there. Um, you still there? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was just listening. I was just taking this all oh, yeah. in. I got a, I got a word page open writing down. I got chapter 10 main event. I got chapter 20 havoc Osprey. I got chapter 25 girl <laughs> Osprey. So no, I'm just, I'm listening, just taking it. Like I said, you know, first and foremost, with with this series that I do with the Pro Wrestling for Dummies, I, I, I'll I pick things that are current relevant, but I'm going to pick things that I want to hear and I want to yeah, learn yeah. and things I want to get into. And I just, I, I trance into, in, in and just listen. That's why I'm like, you, you, you keep telling because I'm ready. I, yeah, I love yeah. the information. It's so informative. So, no, don't worry. I, I'm here. I'm, I'm loving every minute of this. No problem, man. Uh, but yeah, um, then the Marty Skrull reign, it, he loses it to Pastor William Ever, who won uh, the third Natural Progression series. Uh, he cashed in his title, won the title, lost it back to Skrull at the next show. Uh, and then at Chapter 36, Mark Haskins wins the title it, at their big uh, show at the Brixton. Uh, and it was during that match, it was Haskins, Tommy End, and Marty Skrull. Uh, it was that match where Jimmy Havoc returned. And it is one of the biggest pops you'll ever hear. Like, that crowd loses their minds. <laughs> like, there's a guy, Jimmy Havoc walks out, and there's a guy behind him pointing and going, Oh my God, oh my God, it's him. <laughs> Did did you ever see the pop when Ilya Dragunov returned at WXW? Yeah, I love that video. 
<laughs> I, I had a buddy who had never seen him, and I said, look, there's this dude that's working Pete Dunn that you're going to be excited to watch because he's my co-host, and he, you know, up until about four years ago, he only watched Vince. You know, he didn't watch anything yeah. else. So he's he's been been transitioning into this, and he's like, I've, I haven't heard a pop like this since, I mean, since Austin. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what it was. But and, and so the second you say the Havoc pop, I'm like, I guarantee you. Uh, have you, to get in a WXW now, have you seen any video from uh, World Tag League this weekend? I did not. I did not. There was a match between uh, Bobby Guns and Ilya Dragunov. The crowd had dueling chants for those guys. It went for... 15 minutes plus. <laughs> there are videos like, on Twitter. I have a couple of friends that are there. There are videos on Twitter. It is insane. Like the atmosphere just was absolutely incredible. And I can't wait for those videos to drop uh, for I'm WXW. Right. That's, that's going to my cheat sheet. I, I, I almost wrote WCW because the C and the X are so close. And I was like, oh, oh God. Yeah. That, that's that's not possible. <laughs> like, what the hell? Get that out of there. I I'm I'm telling you, that's the one. We so we looked at not not to get you know once again tangent in, but they announced uh, May fourth through six, Friday to Sunday will be the Super Sixteen this year. Yeah. I I went Priceline. I looked at flying out um, from Minneapolis here May second, and then coming home May ninth. With hotel was like eleven hundred bucks, so I think I'm flying out for uh, Super Sixteen. Tickets go on sale October twenty second. I I'm I think I'm buying. It, I think I'm going. It's probably one of the best times to go. Super strong style. It's just three days. Plus, there's a lot of other stuff in London too. Like people run double shots. Like yeah. Have have you not to get off topic too much? Have you attended out there? Have you been to one of these shows? I have not been in England. Okay. I have been to the shows that were in New Orleans this year. Okay. Yeah. So I've like I won't. It won't be my round when I go. Like if I ever get get over there, because I've yeah, been. We're we're just like you know what? If we're going to the Tokyo Dome for for Wrestle Kingdom, that's going to cost us like four grand. For hotel and airfare for the days that we're gonna stay there, I'm like, dude, for a fourth of that, we go see this tournament. Yeah, I think I think, I think I'm going to Tokyo in January. I think I'm going into London in May. Um, I got to figure out something for the summer now. Maybe I'll go back to Vegas and watch another boxing. We we just got back from Vegas from the uh, the Canelo Golovkin fight, and I almost punched an infant. I was so angry at that decision. <laughs> That's a whole other talk for a whole other day as a uh, as a well, Triple hey, G fan. Oh, hey, a lot of people are probably getting punched in Vegas now. You saw that uh, Connor fight? Oh, my God. We ordered that last. I, oh, ju- I just boy. brought a new house. So last <laughs> night was our quote-unquote housewarming party. And I had, I had about 12 people in my in my man cave down here. And we're watching this. And, and it was the, oh, bleep. You know, is that <laughs> it, it's like Ron Artest in the Palace Auburn Hills going yeah. out? Where's Jermaine O'Neal? <laughs> like, <what's laughs> Where's Christian Jackson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beam's going in, man. He is, and then the dudes that jumped the cage on Connor, I, I couldn't. 
Like, what did we just see? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Something (laughs) else. It's Connor, man. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, he's going to end up working for Vince. Oh, yeah. And Vince is going to make a lot of money, and everyone's going to be happy. Um, Well, they'll make a lot of money for like six months, and Vince will get so sick of him. (laughs) So tired of him. The, The minute he does the Vince walk. The hell is that? <laughs> no, he's gonna see how tall he is, and then he's gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's five the, seven. That's the death blow. This is gonna be irrit. Oh, baby, that's gone. That is gone. Chris <laughs> Taylor, two one jacks. God, this show is exciting tonight, man. I'm having a good. I got, I got a buddy chilling on Ottoman watching. Listening right now, he's he's like, oh, I want to hear about this progress. Like, I don't want you into this Dodgers game. <laughs> we are live right now, ladies and gentlemen. Commercial free, eight forty-five Central Time. Go on DraftKings.com. Use promo code Strong Style Media and get your uh, your deposit doubled or whatever the hell they're gonna do for you. I don't remember and I don't care at this point. Progress thirty-six is kind of where we where, where we kind of moved out. Haskins wins the title over Tommy N. Marty Skrull, Jimmy Havoc returns. What is the next block, you would say, if we're going to chronologically move through now to progress? Well, the next block, there's like a sub block. It's 37 and 38 where Haskins is a champ. He defends against Zach Gibson, and then he defends against Jimmy Havoc and Marty Skrull at Chapter 38. Then he vacates the title. He has a neck injury. He thinks, like, it was thought to be career-threatening at that point. Luckily, it wasn't. Um, And then Chapter 39 comes, and Chapter 39 is where a young Pete Dunne wins the title. It's also where Tyler Bate joins, uh, joins up with Trent Seven and Pete Dunne. And we get the formation of British Strong Style. And that's where some of the dopest tag titles I've ever seen in my life have come into, come into this. I uh, love that. I'm, I'll tell you right now, and, and people that know me and people listening know this, I am a belt whore. I've, uh, oh, me too. That UK belt? Oh, my God. I've, I've spent... Uh, probably three grand or so. And I've gotten identical replicas of all eight new Japan titles. Uh, <laughs> glass, glass cases for them. I'm staring right now at my GHC heavyweight championship. Um, I wish there was a way I could get a Kano nameplate on it, even though that title doesn't have a nameplate, but I, I, I stock by the guy who made my, um, my IWGP heavyweight had it, preloaded with Tanahashi and I was like nah man you better put Okada on that <laughs> he's like what'll be an extra 50 bucks and I'm like that's fine he's like I'll give you the Tanahashi nameplate I said bro just you you better etch an Okada thing if I'm giving you $500 he's like okay okay I'm sorry you don't need to apologize so I just I just need my Kazuchika Okada nameplate but I digress um now that I, I got all the IWGP titles, I got these glass cases coming where I can stage them in in my man cave right underneath next to the fireplace. The next thing I'm going to is I'm getting those progress tag titles. 
And it's all because of one promo that I saw British Strong Style have together where they're in some dingy boiler room looking area. And they're talking about Pete Dunne's like progress is mine. British wrestling is mine. Oh, yeah. WWE is mine. And, And they're all wearing suits. And I'm looking at these titles and I'm like, my God, these dudes look exactly why NWA made Nick Eldis their champion. These dudes yeah. looked the part, looked tremendous. And that was right around when I started paying attention out of progress. I hadn't watched shows, but as you mentioned, British strong Style chapter 39, their contingency is what kind of started getting me into you know, just going to YouTube here and there and trying to yeah. reach out on this British wrestling, and I'm glad you brought them up. So let's go from their Chapter 39 suit. Where are we going? Well, a quick point on the tag titles. I miss, They used to have, like, two halves of a shield as their tag team titles, which is I where the Yang Yang comes from. I, I saw that. that. Eddie Dennis and uh, Mark Andrews on the hype video. Yeah. So, so those were the actual titles? Those were the actual titles. Yeah. That's unreal. That is so, that's some like Legends of the Hidden Temple stuff. Like that is yeah. so dope. And oh, um, I remember one time um, Tommy End and his tag partner, Michael Dante, they were the tag team champs. And they, they came over for a defense, but they couldn't bring the titles over from Amsterdam. Because they got caught up in customs. <laughs> they were wondering, what, are, what is this? Why do you have two big wooden shields? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then the progress, ta- the progress world title was a big stick. Like a stick with the logo on top. That's awesome. That is ridiculous, but awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, God, that's bad. And, okay, so let me ask you this here real quick, you know, before we keep jumping in. Is yeah. that one of those, so I, I see these, these lead-in videos and, you know, just watching the YouTube stuff, because obviously I watched every, every YouTube hype video leading into Chapter 76 on the 30th, the, the Wembley yeah. show. Um, There's a dude with the mask. I don't know who what his name was, but he had like a white and black mask on, I think, and he's knelt over and he's holding like a giant staff. Is that somebody winning the world title? That was El Laguerre winning the title or that's retaining so it. That is so dope. Yeah, God, that's chapter. Awesome. Yep, chapter four. That was he was the second champ. It's so. I love how different that is because it's not. You know, everybody has everything, you know. Everybody's got a money in the bank briefcase type thing now. Yeah. But I love the fact that these guys had a, a, a shield you put together and a giant staff. That's <laughs> just so dope. It's that's so why dope. when they that's why when they brought in the Atlas title, which was chapter thirty six, I just wanted mm-hmm. it to be a big rock. <laughs> I wanted it to be like if uh I just watched Halloween Havoc ninety Three, I think it was the one with the uh, electric chair cage match. 
91 or 93. I think it was yeah, 93. The Chamber of Horrors? Chamber of Horrors, yes. Abdullah? Yep, Abby gets fried. Yeah, that was 91. That was the, and it's yeah. crazy because that was the opener. Yes, it was. I just saw that show. And it was just like, where do you go from here? But yeah, the, <laughs> I wanted the title to be like the globe that Bill Kazmaier walked out with, where you just that lug is- it over your shoulder and walk to the ring with it. God, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> they, it wasn't that. It was a belt, but... They, they get Magnus for Magnuson to come in with everybody. <laughs> God, that's awesome. See, that's... Okay, so so they they get busted. They can't bring in the titles. How quick was the turnaround then to bring in these new new championships to progress, or was this something already kind of planned, or um to bring in which titles? So like was were so you said Tommy End and his partner uh, couldn't get couldn't get through customs in Amsterdam. Yeah, uh, with the big wooden shield. How did they just keep still running that angle chapters later, or did they from there on out move to actual, you know, leather championships you could wear around your waist? No, they kept the big shield until uh, Mustache Mountain won them, which is Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, which was also during this time. Okay. And uh, it was. I think it was after Tyler won the UK title where they switched it to the belts. Okay. So where does the UK title and the UK tournament tie in on these chapters? I mean, it doesn't really. Like, it's just, it's like there. Like, they've never done a thing where Tyler or Trent have problems with each other because one won the UK title from the other, like won the title first and he came out with the title and then Pete Dunn beat Tyler for the title. And then Pete Dunn just came out with it. Like they didn't really have that affect their plans. Cause it was in the middle of this big British strong style run. Now, was this where, I know I, I had seen videos of bait seven and done where they're working six men, six man tags, and yeah. they're finishing people with pedigrees. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm not going to say I was the biggest fan of that. It, it got a little annoying at points, but there was, there was a six man tag. One of the ones that they had, it was British Strong Style versus Ring Comp. It was okay. Walter, uh, Timothy Thatcher, and Axel Dieter Jr., who signed yeah. to NXT now. He's, I wish uh, they were He's been lost in the ether with Donovan Dijak. <laughs> and, but, uh, yeah, it's just an absolutely fantastic match. Just great Did stuff. You, uh, what chapter what was that? that? Let me look. Um, yeah. For those for those of you who are wondering if, if you've heard me talk about, because I brought up Axel Dieter Jr. a few times on this show, uh, Marcel Barcel is his name for you NXT fans. He um, had one match against, uh, not Pete Dunn, against Keith, Keith Lee on TV. Yeah. 
And it was, I think, in August was the first time you saw him. And for uh, whatever reason, they don't use him blows my freaking mind because that dude is so damn good. That's me yeah. with Donovan Dijak. He's 6'10", and he's been on TV twice. I, You know, and, and it throws me for a loop after, you know, I, I, I talked to a buddy who, what's the easiest way to say? I talked to a friend who's a friend that has a friend who works for Vince. I think that's the easiest way to say it without saying things. And um, a lot of the talk was Triple H brought on Keith Lee and Dijak from their uh, bowler match. That melt. Usually that melt was five starred. So in my head, I'm going, if that's the reason you brought these guys in your company, why haven't you put them on a takeover against each other? Well, Donovan Dijak has to get on TV first. <laughs> it's like, are you? And he had, he had a match with Ricochet that was three minutes. It's the best three minute match you'll ever see. Like, and with the fact of some of these, like, look, I and I'm not, I'm not in the business of trying to dog people because, dude, people are out there making their money. They're doing what they can, you know. You know, get your hustle on. You know, make your craft. You know, I I had a I had a, a very minimal ten year run doing indie wrestling, and I made no money doing it. So I am in no business to ever say a word to anyone. Although to my credit, I did get to beat the hell out of Samoa Joe and run from him before he could hit me because he wrestled my tag partner. But that's beside <laughs> the point. That's me gloating. <laughs> I hit that. I hit that so hard. When he looked at me, I was on the other side of the ring, and I was like, all right, man, thanks. And then we all went and watched the Tito Ortiz fight. It was like September of, like, 2006. Anyway, I, I digress. But Be careful. He'll stalk your wife. He might. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen. I mean, we got a, we got a nice <laughs> child. We just bought a new house. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but, like, y- you know, nothing against a guy like Lars Sullivan. He's getting his matches. He's getting his TV time. But if you're using a guy like Lars Sullivan for the, why I'm assuming you're losing, you're using Lars Sullivan because of his size. How the hell is Donovan Dijak not getting put on television? Because he's Lars Sullivan, but can work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that just blows my mind. Yeah. And, and oh, I don't want to. Hey. Oh, hey, we're saving him for a big appearance. That's crap. You just don't know what to do with them. For anybody who goes, just waiting until L.A. at at Survivor Series takeover because L.A. is where Bola was. That's where him and Keith Lee are. They nah, nah, man, shut up. That's not real. That's not happening. Don't play yourself because that's. They just don't know what they're doing with the cat. That's all there is to it. That's a rant. I don't. I. I. I vow to not make this a rant show, but it's just you bring up Dijak and you're a hundred percent right, and it's frustrating. It's really frustrating, and that's ultimately what led me to this conversation with you tonight, suit. Is I was like, it's time we dive into progress and we get into something new because this company just pisses you off. And I'm dreading that I still have to watch that Melbourne show and talk me about too. it tonight. We're, oh, we come on at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we got to talk about that show. 
and I haven't watched it. And I still got to, I'm going to watch King of Pro Wrestling tomorrow at some point. I'll probably sit in my office and act like I'm making a schedule at work. Because um, King of Pro Wrestling drops in what, like five hours, I think? Yeah, so, it starts soon, and I'm reviewing that for Voices of Wrestling last time I checked, at least. Voicesofwrestling.com, check him out. Suit does all the good stuff. He's got great writing. Um, so he'll have a good review for you guys. I, I hopefully will stay awake to watch it, but in my head I'm going, what am I going to do? I I have to watch these shows. I have enough time for probably one. I mean, do I just balk on the Melbourne show and just act like I watched it? Uh, you, can, you can do what I do and just watch the Cruiserweight match. And, and so then you beg Alexander and let, yep, and let just beg I'll your co-host to watch it like I do. And he so not, once again, not, not to rant, but but I I called him this morning. I'm like, bro, we got to go, we got to go to London for this tournament. I just finished Progress seventy six. We're we're opening tomorrow night with this. We're not opening with anything else, but this is what we're opening with. You watch it yet? He goes, no, I'm watching it today. You know, he he's from Park Forest, Illinois. The Bears are on a bye. That's what he was doing today. Said, okay, cool. Well, what did you do this morning after it dropped? Oh, I was watching the Melbourne show. Oh, how was that going? He goes, I'm seven matches in, and I realized we're only at the two-hour mark. Oh, and I don't know. Oh, my God. And I went, wait a minute. You're like seven matches in, and it's at the two-hour mark? He goes, yeah. I don't know how I've gotten here, and I still have half the show left. And Wait, I how many just, matches are on that card? Ten? Ten? Ten or eleven? I think they gave Triple H and Taker like 40 minutes with entrances. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, for oh. you, Jake, I hope you're excited. Well, you know yeah. Triple H ain't going less than 30 on a big show. <laughs> he, That's he been the fact since 2000. The fans were pretty hyped for Kane. And I said, well, that... I. I really don't care, but thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, you need to tell me that the show's over halfway. And there's anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. It just sounds like it's going to be a tough watch, and I I just want to. I guess I've now prepared you for hopefully what I'm going to be going to. Pro- I'm probably going to end up watching it tonight. I'm not going to lie before I go to bed. Just hope the guy. I got I got two TVs in my basement, one mounted, one big one to watch the wrestling. I'll probably be just playing Destiny or something on my mounted TV, and I'll just skim through it. But anyway, back to the good stuff since that's probably tangent. Oh. By the way, that bought me enough time to look it up. Uh, that six-man tag, British Strong Style versus Ring Comp, was Chapter 47, Complicated that's... Simplicity. 47, Ring Comp. And that was for all the titles, the world and the tag team titles. Well, we got it written down. I'm ex- Once again, like I said, I'm putting together a giant list. So we move on from 47. As we start getting into the 50s, we're kind of going into this Last third of where we are now, um, as of you know, Wembley on the 30th. What's the kind of way on the last 25 shows, kind of leading into what what it seems like is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but seems like the biggest show in this company's history, and it's not a farce. I mean, it is. is this so? So, where so, how did we get to Wembley? Well, it's 
it's funny that I got to chapter 47 because a big part of this run up to Wembley was uh, Travis Banks. Uh, oh, okay. He was the champion. Well, starting here, he was a part of a tag team, the South Pacific Power Trip. Uh, it was him, yeah. TK Cooper, and Dahlia Black. They were legitimately a fantastic act. And I believe, let me go back because they have a match. Chapter 43, Tropic Thunder Bastard. It is the South Pacific Power Trip. Yes. It's a very good name. <laughs> it was the South Pacific Power Trip, uh, Cooper and Travis Banks versus Ring Comp, Walter and uh, Axel Dieter. And oh, that yeah. was one of the first matches of that year where people were legitimately raving about it and I was raving about it too that match fantastic it's weirdly enough it's the start of Walter rise Walter's rise too because that's where people realize like whoa this guy is good that's where like the chops got over and then you had the power trips whole act of like just being like three sleaze balls getting over (laughs) and then it goes this is chapter 43, uh, okay. 129-2017. And then we, get, then we get to chapter 47, which is where TK and Dahlia's uh, visas were up. So they had to go back to, uh, they had to, go back to New Zealand. And was nobody knew when they were. March of 17? Like April, March 27? April 17. April. I, so not not one not to cut you off. Apologize for cutting you yeah. off. March no of 2017, um, I had spoken to um, ironically Joe Lanza enough from Voice of Oh Wrestling. yeah, and he said the March it was I don't remember what, it might have been it probably was chapter 46, but it was the March of set it was like March 13th 2017 something like that. But he had talked about how good the South Pacific Power Trip tag match was on the show. And if there was ever a starting point, this was the starting point. And I remember I missed it. I didn't, I didn't get progress and I forgot. And I remember a month later, they suddenly got, they got kicked because of the visa thing. And I went, crap, this was my opportunity and I missed it. So ironically enough, I kind of, this is kind of where, once again to what I said before, this is kind of where I was still starting to pay attention and learn. Yeah. And that show he was talking about was Chapter 45, Galvanize. That was probably the, one of the best shows of the year. Like, I remember this card being absolutely fantastic. So just watch. Check. Yeah, so write that, that down. Because that, ma- that whole show is great. It's a main event by Pete Dunn versus Jimmy Havoc. That is in a death match too. That is <laughs> one heck of a match. Cause that we we kind of had talked about, you know, the the intergender aspect of it, and and it it got brought up because he brought up Dahlia Black. How you yeah. know this woman will, you know, she'll go out there and go, hey, look, what am I taking tonight? And Continuously yep. great, and that's that was what kind of sucked me to Dahlia Black was, you know, 
I, you know, I, I, I think Ginny's a tremendous heel. Tony Storm's great. You know, I like a lot of these women, but you know, you watch Dahlia Black, and I mean, she just—it it just looked like she fit in. It's kind of like—I um, don't know if you watched any of Asuka stuff as Kana when she'd work like Minoru Suzuki or be in a tag match with like Tatsumi Fujinami or Yoshi, uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, things like that. And everything looked natural. It didn't look like it was a man with a woman. It just looked like two people wrestling. Dahlia Black looked just like one of the boys out there bumping. And right, she was, she was not, in. yeah, she was not like the woman with them. She was as much a part of the team as Travis and TK. She was a third free bird. She was a third yeah. free bird. Right. He, Dahlia was really great at that role. And it's a shame because he retired, but yeah. But yeah, he was. Like the pre-shows and I saw for like the. The Super 16, they were playing, like, beer pong or something and just randomly picking an entrance. Like, yeah. if this, is a, this is hilarious. That this is truly how they're booking their, their tournament. Yeah, the uh, random draw. Wink. <laughs> That's just me being paranoid. I'm sure it was random. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure they knew... <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, the, you know, the kayfabe aspect of me goes, man, that's a really cool concept that really happened. Man, just playing beer pong is something else. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Ring Comp and British Strong Stop 47. We're moving towards Wembley. What's oh, kind we... of the other big, as we were kind of chatting there, that we're moving to next? Well, basically, well, where we started was Travis Banks, and his rain, his rise came... Because, like, it came off of the, it came off of the South Pacific power trip stuff. It came off of the TK and Dahlia having the leave stuff. It and then Super Strong Style sixteen in twenty seventeen happens, and he wins the whole thing, and so he gets a title shot. And boy, to say that I enjoyed his run up to uh to Alexandra Palace would be a lie because <laughs> man he he went from losing I think he only dropped one fall in his run in progress which started like 34 35 like he had went from losing one match in like 15 chapters he lost one two Three, I think he lost four matches in the two months to uh, Alexander Palace, which is where he won the title. So, <laughs> no, yeah, is, is did you did you do the preview for this show on Voices of Wrestling the seventy six? Were you, and were you the one that compared Travis Banks to Roman Reigns? Did I do that? I don't. I know I did the preview. I don't know if somebody it was out there compared Travis Banks to Roman Reigns, where he just loses and loses, and then he wins the title when he shouldn't have even had shots. My he won the shot, and everything from Super Strong Style, like two Super Strong Style, was good. 
it was after that where he loses and then wins the title. That was my problem because he didn't have to lose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Travis wins the title, and in the meantime, during all this, the Atlas title is really gaining a lot of steam because you had um, Rampage Brown was the first champ. He won at Chapter 36. And then Matt Riddle would win the title, I think it was Chapter 40? Let me check. No, that was not yet. He won it at 42 because that was during the first UK tournament and they didn't have any of their champions. So Rampage Brown did an open challenge. Matt Riddle answered, and he won the Atlas title. And then during this point, he has his uh, he has his series with Walter, and it absolutely tears the house down. They have three matches. One was at Chapter Forty Six. Let me confirm that. Yes, it was Chapter Forty Six. Then they have one at Chapter 51. Yes. And then they have their third match at Progress New York. Okay. Watch all three. My per- <laughs> Because they are all fantastic. And they really set the Atlas title up on another level. And in particular, watch the match at Chapter 51. Because it comes after uh, a London Riots War Machine Tornado Tag Team match. Okay. That was that was one of my matches of the year. Uh, unfortunately, we don't talk about the London Riots anymore because uh, <laughs> James Davis has done some heinous things. That doesn't sound good at all. Uh, what's the Law and Order SVU intro? Uh, particularly heinous crimes. <laughs> you, mean, you want this? Yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah, he's been accused of some bad things, so we don't talk about him anymore. But <laughs> yeah, fifty-one. Matt Riddle versus Walter. Go out of your way to watch that one. Watch all three because they're all good. That just uh, sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then. Uh, at Chapter 55, there was a big three-way match. It was Matt Riddle, Walter, and Timothy Thatcher. That was really good. And then after the match, uh, because I think, yeah, Walter wins the title back at that show. And then um, if you've seen WWE UK, uh, Wolfgang comes out. And okay. it's supposed to be this big deal. Uh, he comes out to abject silence. <laughs> like he's got the work pop. Yep, he just comes out and everybody's just like, "Oh, hey, it's Wolfgang." <laughs> yes. <laughs> that terrible awkward silence, and you're like, "Hmm." Yeah. Here, guys. <laughs> Let me get some love. And I don't mean to crap on Wolfgang. He's fine, but like, it's Banks winning the title. And then um, after that, he kind of just goes through and he kind of 
just defends the title and he doesn't really have a feud and people kind of get bored of him and then he turned heel and and I mean he's having really good matches as they go through like there's a Keith Lee match I think I think chapter 57 no chapter 56 there's a Keith Lee title defense there's a Mark Andrews title defense. There's one against Eddie Dennis at Chapter 59 that I really like. That's, that's cool. There's one at Chapter 60, Unboxing Live 2, Unbox Harder. Uh, he has <laughs> he has a what may be the progress match of the year match of that year against Will Osprey which sucked because the show was on December 30th and it didn't go up until like the first week of January, uh, which meant I couldn't get my list out until like the middle of January. Yeah. So there's some good stuff, but then there's, there's the feud with Chris Brooks and TK Cooper who are both, he's tag partners with both of them. Like, with Chris Brooks, he's CCK, and with uh, TK Cooper, he's South Pacific Power Trip. And this could have been a big feud, but they, like, rushed right through it. Like, they did the Chris Brooks title match, they did the TK Cooper title match, and then they just did the triple threat, and that was it. Like, they just ran through it in three chapters, and we never got a Power Trip CCK match. Nobody huh. turned heel. Well, until the That's next weird. show. So it's weird it just they don't like... want to kind of make something of that because that, yeah. you know, those those are noticeable, you know, notable, pl- That's a, notable players. That's a big match. Even yeah. if I'm not big on TCK, <laughs> and it might have been because Kid Lycos got hurt, but like that's a match. If you can do it, do it. And another thing about the South Pacific Power Trip, they had TK and Dahlia left at Chapter 47. They didn't have another match until, I think, Chapter 71? Yeah, they didn't have another tag team match until Chapter 71, and TK had been back for a good amount of time. So, yeah, it's a shame. And then... Chapter 64 comes around. Thunder Bastards are go. Uh, he, has, he has a match uh, with Matt Riddle. Legitimately fantastic. Check it out. Uh, it was February 25th of this year. Uh, he retains, and afterwards the crowd kind of boos him because they put together a really good match where it felt like Riddle was going to win, but then... Banks just pulled it out at the end and everybody was upset because they thought Riddle was winning because it was feasible. He was around, mm-hmm. but then he didn't and everybody booed. And then at the next show, which was uh chapter 65, he turned heel and uh, screwed Flash Morgan Webster out of the title. Yeah. So then we get, uh, then we get the New Orleans shows, which, I mean, the first one, I really don't remember. And it's not because I was, like, 
partying or anything. Like it was just, it was a show. Yeah, it wasn't anything special. Yeah, I remember the. There's a Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan, Webster match that was really good. And then day two was also really was like start to bottom, top to bottom, great show. Like, but the Travis Banks title matches were just. It was the deadest part of them, and that's not. I feel bad blaming Travis for because like he had he still has it. Like we saw it in the UK title tournament this year, where he went through and fought Zach Gibson in the final. Like he mm-hmm. is still as good as he was when he won the title and won Super Strong style. Like he didn't lose anything. It's just his strength is being a baby, is being a good guy, and you know he was good at being a bad guy, but it didn't. It didn't really work here. And then and sometimes had, that stuff just doesn't resonate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you can clearly. You, you remember when Orton got turned on by Evolution? Yeah. And Orton fans were like, "Hey, you know, I can get behind this because he's that white meat, you know, good-looking baby face." But it just didn't work. Yeah, and you it know, was, it was like, obvious. It just didn't do it. Yeah, and then it was like. Well, no, that's different. I was about to talk about Orton, like after he uh, punted Vince in like 2009. <laughs> there was like a month where he was like really hot, and then Shane McMahon showed up, and that, well, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things like it looks good. It looks like it makes sense. Everything's right there, but it's almost like just you know. Yeah, yeah and it's going to work. You just don't do it. Why change what's working? Right. But it I I sort of don't blame progress either because they had like they kind of they kind of lost it with him. Like cuz mm-hmm. he never had like a feud. He had the thing with TK and Chris Brooks, but he never had a feud. He had like like he just fought like imports that everybody likes. Like, hey, here's Keith Lee. Travis Banks is going to beat him. Here's Matt Riddle. Travis Banks is going to beat him. Here's Matt Riddle again. You're going to think Matt Riddle's going to win? Nah, Travis is going to beat him. And it's just like, who was the heel he was supposed to go after? Who was, like, his big counterpart? Like, Osprey had Havoc. Uh, Travis had Pete Dunne. Who was his counterpart? And they didn't have one. And it sucks because Travis is good, and you know he missed he missed seventy uh, six because he was hurt. Yeah, he came I out mean, and he, cut like a promo. He cut a promo, yeah. and I think he put himself in super strong style. Yeah, did he? He said when I when I come back, I'm I'm making myself the first entrance in the Super Sixteen, and that was Which, right after they announced that uh, the twenty second tickets go on sale. They had to yeah. come out and do that. Promo. It's good that he made the show, but it sucked that he wasn't on it, but you know. But yeah, then uh toward the end of his title run, he has his feud with Walter where uh it's where Walter he's still the Atlas champ. He's just running through names. And speaking of which, there's a match January twenty eighth. Walter versus Timothy Thatcher. The main event, go watch it go out of your way to watch that show. 
watch not just that show but that match because it is something else. What what uh, what chapter is that? Sixty two, chapter sixty two. Okay. Fear no more, come to dust. It is. Let me check, but it is on my match of the year list. I think it's low, sure but it's on there. Who, who know each other enough? I would think from from the ring comp and just you know doing. The, there's one thing I learned from from wrestling. It was, hey, I've tagged with this guy about ten times. And now we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna work a, you know, an eight-minute second match of the night. Well, I know everything he's gonna do. I'm gonna have yeah, a better match because I'm not gonna have to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, and I can see well, that with somebody like Walter and Thatcher, where it's like, hey, cool, let's go out there and just do this. Yeah, and they just go out there and they leather each other. They they go out there to hurt each other, and it was fantastic. That's awesome. That that has been written down. But yeah, we get through. Uh, it's super strong style uh, weekend, night two. And it's Champ versus Champ. It's Banks versus Walter. And Travis Banks gets himself counted out. And then the next night, he tells Walter, hey, you can't be, you can't be challenging me. Focus on your title. Focus on the Atlas division, pal. And so Walter hands Jim Smallman the Atlas title and vacates it. And so then uh, we got to Chapter 74, which was also on my birthday. We had two uh, progress title changes on my birthday. Uh, We get to Chapter 74. It's Walter versus uh, Travis Banks. No count out. Uh... Travis tries the loophole of getting himself of getting TK to get DQ'd, but Tyler Bate comes out and stops it because Banks had gotten himself counted out against Bate earlier uh, at an earlier show. And then Walter wins the title chapter 75. So right now, so the Banks run ends here and now we're kind of in the Walter run, which yeah, I'm happy. So I, I didn't realize Walter won the title that, like in that short that amount of time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm watching him and the way he's talking about, you know, the three and on three and done or whatever it is that bait won. And yeah. he's, you know, I, I was glad he won and, you know, cause I wanted to face him and the way that their, their videos leading into their match, it just to me seemed as somebody who hadn't gone through it all, that Walter's been champion for a while. That's wild well, to hear that he had just become champion. Yeah, July. Wow. Yeah. It's like it's interesting that you say that because Walter's felt like the top. He's felt like the top guy in progress for a while now. Like maybe around, maybe since that match with Thatcher. Well, even before then, like, because he had the stuff with Riddle. Yeah, for a while now, Walters felt like the real top guy. And so him just with the world title feels like it feels natural. Now, let me ask you this one real quick. Did did you write the part? Because I know I had read all these articles and I thought it was all you, but I was wrong the first time, I think. Uh, that yeah. stated 
Walter is the best final boss in all of wrestling. Yes, that was me. That was one of the coolest statements I've ever heard. Literally. When when you like as somebody who's a giant gamer, you know, I've been playing games for 25, 35 years. To hear somebody utter the words that he is the best final boss in all of wrestling is one of the coolest phrases I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, I credit that to uh I credit that to Joe Lanza. He uh okay. I heard that from him on a uh, on an episode of the flagship, but it really is like he shows up and like all you need is like one or two matches to really understand to understand Walter. And like not to go off topic again, but he recently debuted uh, in Ireland for uh, OTT uh, over the top in Ireland. And he had a he's done a three match run so far. He had a tag team match with Thatcher against uh, Shane Strickland and their champion Jordan Devlin. He beats Devlin. He has a match against somebody else. I don't remember who, uh, but he destroys them. He wins, I think, by ref stoppage. <laughs> then he gets a. Then he gets a world title match because he beat Devlin in the tag match. That match is free on YouTube, by the way. Walter versus Jordan Devlin. Watch that match for OTT. Walter beats him. And it's just <laughs> the atmosphere for that match. is like people are begging Devlin to win because they know if Walter gets it, they aren't getting it back. And it's so <laughs> when Walter wins, it is. Just, people are shocked, and it's just like, oh man, like that's all it takes. He comes in, and he beats your top guy, and now he's the top guy, and no one's gonna stop him. And now he's having a match with Will Osprey uh, for OTC at their fourth anniversary show, oh, which man. I am getting their service and watching immediately. <laughs> Because there's another match on that show Kushida versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii Is on that show too Oh man Ishii is one of those underrated workers In all of life And I think Kushida (laughs) is super underrated too Because it's like He's great but then you've got Hiromu and Osprey and all these other guys He kind of just gets lost And Mm -hmm. I want them to do more with him But I don't think that's happening But so Kushida should have gotten a never title shot Against Goto He should get one against Taichi But I think Osprey is going to get that Which I'm not mad at either But you talk about it being a never Open weight Why is Kushida not getting a shot I mean, I'm with you 100% on the Kushida train because he is so good. But you, yeah, you, know, you, you mentioned the, the Walter aspect, and you know, we 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 look at you know, Hello Wembley just happened on Sunday. You you said you haven't seen it, but do, you said you know everything that happens. I know, like I know the results. I know what happened. Like I'm spoiled on it. So that sucks. Sorry, you guys. Well, spoiled. not really. I. I spoil it. I spoil it myself. I I knew I wasn't gonna wait, but it's fine. Like I knew I, think, I knew I Will Osprey beat Jimmy Havoc at the last show, and I still gave it five stars. I, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 
So, so you can you can still go ahead, grade doesn't bother you, things like that. That's good, right? Because I I made sure that there was no way since this was going to be the first full show that I was going to see that I wouldn't be spoiled. So yeah. that's the, I I put so much effort, but like. And and I don't know and and this is why I wanted to bring it up is because I I wanted to make sure before you know obviously without giving this is a spoiler but I wanted to make sure since you knew spoilers yeah. um, I was just curious if he's ever done something like this but you know when I praised that Walter Tyler Bate match for how good it was and once again you know Sue Williams does the stuff for VoicesWrestling dot com read his review it's going to be great he he's going to give you everything you need to you need to read on this match these, these matches but Walter standing on the ring apron after the match after he went out of his way to shake Tyler Bates hand and he holds the progress title from shoulder to the end of his palm and starts playing the violin on it to his own theme music. Oh and yeah! Raise the title and just starts yelling about how jacked he is. Like <laughs> I don't know if that's something he's ever done before, but watching Walter so excited over what they did in that ring that he starts air like air violating the title. <laughs> I was like, I I had to have witnessed something that is as mind blowing as I assume. Has I mean, has he ever done something like that? He's been so jacked after a match. I think he did it in WXW once, but I mean, not like after a match. No, I got, I just, and, and with, with you telling what you told me, I, I, I'm telling you, when you watch this match, you see him playing the violin on his own title because of how good, I mean, this match is just, I'm not trying to hype it, but my God, am I trying to hype it? (laughs) Good. Um, Obviously, that happened last Sunday, Sunday the 30th, hello, Wembley. Um, I kind of want to hear, we got got about 25 minutes, like I told you, this thing always goes longer than we plan on it. It never ends on time. So, we have 25 minutes. So, I got a couple things for you just before we wrap this up so we don't get uh, British Strong Style's uh, mother yelling at us like she was in the prelude. Um. Titles in this company. There's what four titles in this company? Yes, there are four titles. You've got the world title. You have got the women's title. You've got the tag team titles, and then you've got the Atlas title, which is for people over 205 pounds. Okay. So and and that was the one you kind of mentioned that Walter kind of handed over to get his title shot. Is that something that's right. common? With Atlas champions? No, it's not common at all. Like, I believe, like, he vacated the title, and then Mark Haskins vacated the title, because, but that was because he was hurt. But, but after that, no. Like, no one else has vacated the titles. Well, except, well, technically, British, uh, Pete Dunne and Trent Seven were the tag team champs. They vacated the titles because Pete tried to hand his half of the title to Tyler Bate, and that's not how that works. But then Tyler, <laughs> but then Tyler and Trent Seven just won the titles anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, but yeah, 
<laughs> titles don't get like vacated very often in progress. And like it feels like that was more to it felt like it was more to move Walter on because he beat everybody and no it didn't really feel like anybody could believably beat him at that point. So okay. I think they did that to kind of just say, okay, Walter, you've done what you can do. Now we move on. Was this part of the notion that Walter, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, this is Walter. Vince offers him a contract. He doesn't want to leave WXW. You got him in the palm of your hands. Let's do something. Let's do the opposite of what Ring of Honor did when they had Osprey under contract for two years. Like we have, we have Walter here. Let's do something with them. Is that why they went to something wild like that? No, I think it was just. I think he was planning to win the title. Like, it he was going to win the title. Okay. I think it was just like natural elevation. I don't. I don't think the WWE thing had anything to do with it, really. Well, I, I, I just let me rephrase it. Like they they have they have Walter in their grasp, and instead yeah. of le- instead of letting him just tread water, and you know we're gonna book him against you know um, Wolfgang, or we're gonna book him against Wild Boar, or we're gonna book Doug him Williams. against Doug Williams, or you know uh, what is his name, uh, Los Francisco Santos Jr. of oh, the yeah. anti. So some random stuff like that. It's we have them under our grasp. Let's use them, and that's why they threw him into that situation. Um, yeah, I I would agree with that. Like, because okay. like the Atlas Division kind of well, it didn't really run out as much as it didn't really have too many people in it. So like after his matches with Walter, he had the match with Thatcher. And then after that, like, he didn't defend the title that much, I don't think. Like, he defended it against Rampage Brown, and then that was it. He vacated it after Super Strong style. You you look at, like I said, Will Ospreay with with his New Japan and and Ring of Honor run at first, and they lock him into this two-year deal, and he's doing nothing. Right. And it's like, hey, you got this guy under contract. Or this guy has agreed to run tours in your company. The hell aren't you using them? And and this sounds like right. the opposite. That's why I was I was just kind of concerned with it. Um, we talked tag titles. We talked Atlas. We talked world title. One thing we haven't we haven't really talked about, and I know it came kind of middle of the run later on um, in the era. Women's championship. What's kind of been the deal with the women's title? Tony Storm and Ginny. That's it. <laughs> Tony Storm was the first champ. She won it a uh, super strong style weekend last year. She had it for almost a calendar year. She beat everybody. And then Ginny won the title. And now Ginny's running the division. And like, that's it. Like, after, like, Tony, he didn't really have, like, a big feud like they were kind of building it up to they were building her and Ginny up separately like Tony was beating people and then Ginny had a feud with Dahlia Black 
and then it kind of built and built to where they were probably going to wrestle each other in January. But then Ginny, like, broke her hand, and they had to wait a little while. So Tony's title run got, you know, extended. And then Ginny won the title in May, and her whole thing is she's had uh, her friends, the House of Couture, like, three just three people to take bumps for. And then, yeah, she's just been defending the title since. Because I, I like Ginny. I think she's got some innovative moves. I think she's got some creative stuff. Some of the stuff I've seen overseas, though, when she's had the House of Couture with her has been kind of frustrating because it seems like they, they're going to be booking her in a way where they're kind of relying yeah. too much on that outside interference. And I'm like, come on. And then, obviously, without going too much into it, because um, I want you guys to, once again, I'm going to plug it again, Voices of Wrestling, read, read Suits, Review when it comes out. I don't want to give a lot away on well, this because that's not where you're for. But you know, Laura Diamito, I believe her name Dimiteo. was Mateo. Yeah. She she turns and they have this really awkward angle at the end of the match, and it's just like they keep doing all this extra stuff that hinders. You know, and I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. When I watched the May Young Classic, when Tony Storm worked Jenny. That was the match that I've expected every time I've looked into a European promotion with Ginny since the House right. of Couture thing started. That match was tremendous. It was a phenomenal yeah. match. It was one of my favorite matches of the whole tournament so far. I haven't started round two yet, but I'm watching it going, damn. <laughs> Somebody tell me how Uncle Hunter, which I think came from your article, uh, <laughs> but somebody tell me how Uncle Hunter allowed her to do that X-Factor, like, Canadian destroyer pile driver type thing, uh, but murder her. It was it was nuts. Yeah, you are reading my mind with it because they are just like they're not letting her be talented. They're worried about her getting heat instead of letting her just win. Like there was a match. Chapter 71, it's her against Dakota Kai from NXT. And it's a really good match. There's not a lot of interference. And those two just go out. They have a solid match. I put it around, I think I gave it either three and three quarter or four stars. Like, really good. It's the main event of the show. But at the end, there's interference. And Jenny wins off of interference. And it's like, why can't she beat Dakota Kai? Dakota Kai is not coming back. He doesn't need to keep her heat. Like, just let her win. And that's a big problem with all of progress is, like, big heel title runs is that they don't just let them be better. They just, Yeah. Yeah, they just ha- they have to cheat. They have to get heat. And it's just, I understand it, but sometimes you have to show that this person is capable of winning without that stuff. Yeah, it, it seems like the whole end of this three-way that I watched today was to build to the next and not put right. over your current. And it's just like, come on, just just give us a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, yeah, I mean, that's really it for the women's title because it's, it's been <laughs> two people. Obviously, when we look at the tournaments, uh, you've mentioned a couple of tournaments. 
We have the Super 16, which seems to be their big be-all, end-all with tournaments. So what do these guys kind of run with tournaments? Uh, yeah, they, well, they've been kind of simple with tournaments until recently where I think we had, I think we had three this year with two running at the same time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we had, on the first show, there was a tournament for the title. Nathan Cruz won it. But their big tournaments, uh, there was a there was a tag team title tournament where they crowned their first tag champions, and uh, the winners of that were Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews. FSU, they won the tag titles there. Um, but yeah, they're bit, and then they had a round robin tournament for the Atlas title, which Rampage Brown won at Chapter Thirty Six. But other than that. They do a couple of tournaments every year. Uh, They do the Natural Progression Series, which is meant to be... It was originally meant to showcase, like, the young wrestlers in the country, but it's now gone to more, like, guys who are just becoming stars. So maybe not young guys, but guys who are just now breaking out. So uh, the Natural Progression Series... MPS won, Mark Andrews won. We talked about that before. Natural Progression Series 2, Flash Morgan Webster won that one, but he never cashed in because he put the trophy on the line against Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson won it, and then they both ended up challenging for the title in the same match, but they both lost to uh, to Will Ospreay. Uh, then Natural Progression Series 3 was Pastor William Ever winning. Uh, we talked about his title run briefly. Uh, then they changed it up for Natural Progression Series 4. Uh, they used that to crown their women's champion, and Tony Storm won that. And then Sorry. recently, yeah, and then recently, Natural Progression Series 5, uh, it ended, ended in June... Yeah, chapter 72. Excuse me. Got, got, need, need. It was the main event. <laughs> or got, got, need. Excuse me. I keep saying that wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, Chris Ridgeway versus Mark Davis in the finals, and Mark Davis won that. Um, side note, there was a Jordan Devlin-Will Ospreay match on this show. Go watch that, please. Sure, that was tight as hell. Yep, chapter <laughs> no, seventy-two. Mark, from what I've been learning, Mark Davis, he's with Keith Fletcher as Aussie Open, right? Yeah, Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher. Okay, there was yep. so that was that was kind of the next thing I wanted to get into is something I was I I figured out names and teams and everything, but um, I I did want to ask you the tournament kind of feels to me a lot like. Ring of Honor's um, top, top prospect. prospect. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of a cool little comparison. So what the hell is a Thunder Bastard series? Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Let, Excuse my language. We'll, but Pedro Baez just came in the game. Oh, no. Oh, Sorry. As an LA Dodgers fan, this is like me putting Alex Riley in to close out WrestleMania. Oh. oh, son of a bitch! Okay, sorry about that. Let's let's go, Thunder Bastard. <laughs> I might well, even turn it off because I'm. This might 
this might distract. Oh my god! So and, and I'm watching this, this teams as an example with this, and they're talking about the way that they finished in some round robin or something is how they entered. Like how? What is this whole thing? Okay. Let me talk about Super Strong Style. Let me go uh, go over Super Strong Style tournament first, and then I'll get into this absolute. <laughs> oh, I cannot talk about it until until I can. Okay, so <laughs> there's the Super Strong Style 16 tournament, uh, which they do every year. Uh, it is their big like blowout weekend tournament. Uh, the winner of the first one was Will Ospreay. The winner of the second one was Tommy End, although a lot of people think Mark Haskins was meant to win, uh, but he got sick in between the days, so he couldn't do the second day. And so okay. Tommy End jumped in and won. Uh, and then this year, Zach Sabre, no. Oh, wait, I forgot. Travis, I skipped over Travis Banks. He won Super Strong Style. We talked about that, obviously. And then there was uh, this year's tournament, which was won by Zack Sabre Jr. However, a lot of people feel like Tyler Bate was meant to win that, which we kind of ended up getting there anyway with him in the main event of Wembley. But hey, Sabre's taking his title shot at the next show. It's Zack Sabre Jr. versus Walter at Chapter 76, 7. Mm-hmm. Chapter 77, which is Pumpkin Spice Progress. And that's the next one, right? Yep, that is the next one. Confirmed. So now to get into this Thunder Bastard. And... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So... The Thunder Bastard, if you watch... Um, if you watch Lucha Underground... They run the Aztec Warfare match where it's it's a Royal Rumble, but you're eliminated with pinfalls and submissions. Yeah, that's what the Thunder Bastard is. It's just a Rumble with pinfalls and submissions. I saw one in New Orleans. It was really bad. Darby Allen was in it and got hurt, and we never got to see Darby Allen versus Walter, which I've heard was the Evolve match of the year when it happened. So. Oh um, yes, I remember that because I ordered the uh, the the WWN package on Fight TV, and yeah. I was pissed when we couldn't watch. When we couldn't Darby do progress. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he he came out at the Evolve show and just power bombed Darby Allen just to kind of hi I'm Walter. He like shook his hand and power bombed him. And I'm like, oh I can't wait for this match. And they're like, he said the next night. I'm like, damn it, no. It was the Evolve match of the year. And we never saw it because he was in the stupid match. Uh, But now, but they decided to do the Tag Team Thunder Bastard series to, I don't know, to spice up this match where (laughs) they put all these teams in like a round-robin tournament. And the team with the most wins, they wouldn't get a title shot. They would come out last. Okay. So the that grand prize. Oh, go ahead. That makes so much sense when uh, 
Well, do you know about like half of this stuff? Like obviously. Uh, well, the pr- grand prize of this four-month tournament is a 12-minute advantage in a gauntlet match. And then there were people getting hurt, like Kid Lycos was uh, Chris Brooks's partner in the tournament. He got hurt, and then we got partners swapped out because of goofy contract stuff. Like, uh, it was all bad. Like, here, <laughs> Is this where the Alamari match came, came from? Yes, here's what happens. U.S. Tour this year. Chris Brooks wins the tag team titles with Kid Lycos. Kid Lycos breaks his collarbone. So, Chris Brooks teams with Jonathan Gresham. They were the original CCK. Jonathan Gresham gets hurt. So, he (laughs) defends the titles with uh, A.R. Fox. And they lose the titles to Flamita and Bandito, who were never in this thing to begin with. <laughs> Let's just push the Mexican blood because Andy's like them. Plus, plus we could get them booked for the Wembley show, and they're really good. <laughs> Which, on that case, I can't blame them. But don't do yeah. it in the middle of this stupid tournament. <laughs> and then you had Flash Morgan Webster turning on Mark Haskins and bringing in Wild Boar because he didn't sign the contract with a team name so he could just fill Wild Boar's name in. It, this whole thing was so stupid, and I'm just glad that, well, spoilers, but Aussie Open won the titles. <laughs> so I'm glad that happened. How FMW and, and Wild Boar won out in their tournament, so they got to come in last in the tournament. and That was the prize. They don't get a title shot. They just come out last. And I, You know, I, I will say this, to be fair. Throughout the chaos that was this match, I really liked I actually, I actually enjoyed the match. I thought it was... Um, well, hey, that's I good. Together, we're actually pretty entertained. This was like my third or fourth favorite match of the show. Oh, yeah, that's good. There's a lot of teams here. Yeah, and, and it was one of those where you know you go into it going, well, this is probably just going to be kind of one of those clusters. But then by the end of it, I'm like, damn, this is actually really good. And and that I think I think having low expectations helped me too, because I wasn't expecting a lot to come out of this match. So, um, kudos to that. But I'm that was kind of what it what it seemed like this Thunder Bastard series was. It was a round robin where depending your seed is dependent on when you come to the ring. Yeah, and it, uh, it, <laughs> I'm glad to never hear the words again after I watch that match. But it's good to hear that it was fine. Like it ended with Grizzled Young Vets versus Aussie Open. That could have been the match to begin with because the Vets were the champs, but. You know, if the match was good, I can't complain that much. There was a couple spots where you're kind of like, because they're kind of just standing around while somebody's trying to call something. But what do you take into a hole the cluster that the match was? And obviously on my end, not seeing, like I spent the whole time going, okay, this guy is part of this team. This guy is part of this team. This guy is this guy's name. And I'm trying to learn these guys so I can talk about them. I I was pleasantly happy with the match. I was surprised, but I really liked the match. 
So, I mean, you know, but I could see Progress Faithful going, ugh. And I, I would never hold it against them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Kind of wrapping up here before we get rolling here, because we, we obviously went way longer like I thought it was going to go, so I'm glad I booked us the time on it. Um, in a nutshell, what do you kind of want to see next finishing out the year for, for progress? I want to see Walter versus Eddie Dennis. Yes. And, and we are going to see it at some point because, well, I mean, we're just spoiling the whole show, but, uh, but Eddie Dennis... You hadn't seen it. I was trying to out of respect to you not talk about it. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, Eddie Dennis won a title shot against Mark Andrews on this show. So my Man. hope is we get my hope is we get a title feud out of this and not just Eddie challenging for the belt once. That's my hope. And then as far as the other stuff, you know, Trent Seven with the title with the Atlas title should be fun. And then I hope to see, like, Tyler Bate kind of on a road to getting back to the title match and getting the title back. Like, I would, mm-hmm. I hope we get that, too. So, yeah, there's, there's some stuff to look forward to. I, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Once again, guys, uh, Sue Williams, he writes for Voices of Wrestling. A uh, few other things that I linked him in on our description. I, I apologize. The top of my head, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I write for PW Ponderings, which is where I'm going to be reviewing this show. Uh, nice. Unfortunately, Plug the website is... Got, man. Plug Wait, everything. Plug yeah, everything. Yeah. Not. Please do. Uh, I write for PW Ponderings. I've reviewed almost every show for progress since Chapter 36. Um, and then I write for Voices of Wrestling. I do previews and reviews. I'm going to be uh, reviewing uh, King of Pro Wrestling tomorrow, so check that out. I am on the Smart Sports Podcast, where I talk, where I half-heartedly talk about WWE, where I try to get my co-host to uh, watch 205 Live. Uh, and yeah, I'm on Twitter, at Suit Williams, if you want to uh, hear me do threads halfway through and then forget about them because I fall asleep in my chair. <laughs> Guys, read everything he's got. I guarantee his review of, of Hello Wembley is going to be tremendous. Suit, thank you so much, man. This has been one of my favorite conversation interviews, uh, wrestling pieces in the four or five years we've been doing this that I could ever ask for. And this is a shoot, man. I'm not 100% being honest with you, bro. This was this is so much fun, and, and I say that because finally somebody who can match my my tangents of just randomly, <laughs> like we're just breaking off into space and forgetting what we were doing. So I truly appreciate that. You rolled with me on that. It was tremendous, great time. I cannot wait to get all the feedback from our listeners. Everything they're going to wonder, want to know about progress. Um, once again, man, thanks so much for coming on. Um when you when you get that review of this show, uh, King of Progressing, everything like that, throw them on there. Tag us if you want, man, because I'll be glad to promote it and and uh, retweet and throw it up there. But thanks so much for coming on. I 
I got a couple ideas for some other shows, and I would love to have you come back and talk wrestling with Thanks again, oh, Sue. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. That would be my pleasure, man. This was so much fun. I love it. It was beautiful. Guys, thank you all for listening. Pro Wrestling for Dummies, the Progress Wrestling Edition. For myself, for Sue Williams, who is a freaking champ, and he is an almanac. Get him at Sue Williams, guys. Pick his brain. He is a genius. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, same channel. We'll be on WrestleCast Radio. Have a good one. Thank y'all.